0: So I hope that the previous two videos um, have been helpful for you to really understand the importance of um, self-correcting systems and to understand what is needed for systems to self-correct. I want to add one more video on the topic um, to talk very practically on the implications of that for you as a leader in the organization. Um, What is your role when you switch from traditional management to self-management um, where systems are self-correcting when a problem appears. right? So in the traditional organization when there's a problem, well it's obvious, right? You need to step in and fix the problem, right? Resolve the problem or appoint somebody else who resolves the problem. right? Um, now that fundamentally changes when you make the transition to self-management. Right? Your role is no longer to solve problems, your role is to help create systems that are able to self-correct, that are able to deal with their own problems very quickly. Right? Let me just repeat that, right? So your role is no longer to solve problems, is to help the system uh, create ways to deal with its own problems. I really understood this one day in a conversation with the CEO of a university hospital. Right. Um, uh, this woman was uh, w- inviting sort of the organizations to transition towards um, forms of self-management. Right. And, uh, and and one day she had this particular issue. Right. There was this one team of nurses, um, and their, their activity had gone down, and so they found themselves sort of overstaffed. Right. The nurses were sort of very, you know, didn't have much to do. <laughs> um, but the problem was that there were other teams um, that had way too much work, right? And they were suffering. And, and so obviously, you know, that needed rebalancing. Um, and the traditional way to do that would have been for her or the head nurse to simply take some nurses from that and, you know, put them in this, uh, in this other team. But that felt like, like the old way, you know, top down uh, imposition. She didn't want to do that. Um, and so what she did is that she went to see that team that was overstaffed and said, um, Hey, you know, obviously, you know, you're overstaffed, uh, activity has gone down. And so um, I want to you know, reallocate some resources. And so could you please look into it, decide, come back to me, make a plan and say, you know, how we, how we should resolve this. And, and she felt like you know that, that was the right thing to do, right? That's what self management is about, right? Not imposing decisions top down. And then she was disappointed that the team never came back to her. And then when she came back to the team, their answer was basically, well, you know, we're not overstaffed. You know, we're, we're fine. You know, this is just great. And and then she was kind of frustrated, saying like, you know, what, you know, maybe you know people aren't mature enough for self management yet. Um, and. As we start talking about this, I re- realized, you know, where is this tension that needs self-correction, right? The tension is between the teams that have too much work and they're suffering and the team that has too little work and where people, you know, kind of have a, a really good time. That's where the tension is. That's where the self-correction needs to happen, right? And she, as a hospital CEO, well, she's really not in the picture here, right? And so she shouldn't be in the picture. And so when she goes to that team and says, you know, make a plan and tell me what what, what should happen, you know, she's not helping the system to self-correct. Right? And so what we discussed was, well, um, an obvious way to deal with that is simply to have a meeting. You know, have each of these um, teams of nurses say send two of you know their team members, two volunteers. To a meeting, and talk about the levels of activity and who has too much work and too little work, and then figure it out. Because you know, let's imagine that I I'm on this team that you know has a really good time. We um, we have very little work. You know, it's it's kind of easy for me to bullshit the CEO and say, no, no, we're good. But it's very difficult, almost impossible, for me to bullshit my colleagues, right? If they, you know, if they know, you know. Every once in a while, you know, people rotate and, you know, if somebody's sick, somebody comes over, you know, they know that, that you know, we have a jolly good time, right? So um, they will call our bullshit. And so a meeting like this will very quickly resolve things. And you can institutionalize that meeting, right? Have that meeting every three months or every six months where teams just get together. And, and so that's how problems get resolved by themselves, right? Tensions get resolved um, through self-correcting mechanisms. Right? And so that day, I really understood that the role of leaders um, in self-management, and especially as you make that transition, is no longer to solve problems, but to help create the context, the structures, the practices um, for systems to, to self-correct. Right? And that requires um, a li- somewhat of a capacity of system thinking. Right, some creativity around that, and so I would really urge you to look at you know is that something that comes naturally to you, right? And maybe it isn't, and in that case, you know, is there somebody else in the organization that you know that is, is really good at this and who could join you in some of these conversations and and design principles like this, the meeting that I just uh, that I just talked about, right? Um, let me give you one more example, right? Um, the same hospital, right? Um, they actually had one unit that had been self-managing for quite a while, right? Uh, uh, it was a unit where the the head nurse, um, you know, had gone. It, 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 you know, it was the the maternity ward, so you know where the babies would be delivered. Um, and and so the the, the head midwife, um, you know, had left and hadn't been replaced. And so this team was self-managing, and it was actually operating fantastically. It really was operating fantastically. So it was a great. A sort of advertisement for self-management. Um, except for one thing is that that team somehow didn't feel responsible for, for its results, right? Um, they knew that for this team to be financially healthy, they needed to have something like 4,000 birth a year, so something a bit more than 300 a month. And when they had a peak, you know, more birth than that, they would ask for more resources. Um, but again, when Things were you were down. Sometimes you know they had just 200 births instead of 300. They didn't really much care about this. You know, think about what what needed to be done. And so, again, like you can try and fix this as a top leader, or you can try and think about how can I design the system, you know, with the nurses, with the midwives, so that they feel responsible for their results, so that they feel. The, the pride and the pain of their results, right? Uh, wow, we've done so many births, so that's great. Or we've done only so many, mm, okay, what, what needs to happen? And then very quickly they can self-correct. How to do that? I don't know. That's where sort of the creative brainstorming part comes in, right? Um, maybe for them to feel responsible for sort of their, also their financial results. Maybe, um, you know, every month it's a different midwife that, that joins a sort of a finance meeting and presents their results, and so if the results are are you know, insufficient, are unhealthy, like you know, make 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 the whole hospital lose money. Well, that midwife, you know, is, you know now she has to present these numbers, right? Maybe that's sufficient, um, and every month it's a different nurse that you know that that, that present these numbers, right? Um, but this is just you know one mechanism among many that you could. Um, that you could think of, right? Um, maybe they have a, a big board somewhere and they, and they look at their results. Maybe um, you could share some incentives, right? If they get great results, um, they get more money to invest right? in things, things that they care about and they can freely choose what to do now. In all of these units, they have lots of ideas of all of these cool things. Hey, for, for more na- natural birth, you know, how cool would it be if we had this extra bathtub and if we had these and these things? Well, you know, if you have great results, then you get some budget that you can reinvest. Maybe that is a good way to go. So there's plenty of ways you could do it. Um, what I really want you to, remind you to remember from this is that your role changes. So your role is no longer to prevent problems from happening. Your role is no longer to fix problems and intervene. Your role is to help um, people and teams think about how can the system become self-correcting. How can it sort of naturally deal with the tensions that it feels? Perhaps you've noticed there is no paywall, no monthly membership to access this video series. That's because the videos live in the gift economy. This is how it works. I gift everything that goes into making the videos, my time, energy, and insights, and you get to choose what feels right to gift back. Please take a moment to reflect on what would feel good to give in return to help me continue doing this work. Thank you.